when you are much more authentic with who you are as a person what that also does then is gives permission for other people to be authentic what are the beliefs what are the things that are stopping me from taking this next step and getting really clear on that and then testing to see if those beliefs are real are they true are they even yours it's you are the boss of you I was missing out on other people, which is bad. And other people were missing out on me. Because maybe, just maybe, I have some interesting or important or different things to share, different viewpoints, different perspectives. And that hit me like a ton of bricks. Hi everyone and welcome back to Inner Connection. Today, I have the pleasure to have Anita Van Royen, expert and coach in human behavior. Hi Anita. Hello Mathieu, how are you today? I'm really cool, thank you. I will let you present yourself and tell me about what you're doing, tell me about your career, tell me more about yourself. Okay. So Matthew, I'm um, a confidence coach and human behavior expert. As you said, I have my own business called Confidence Hackers and work with a lot of young people, particularly at the moment, a lot of international students, helping them to build confidence, self-leadership and those life skills that sort of seem to be the tricky ones that universities don't really teach you, but that employers are absolutely looking for. I am so excited and so happy to be here. Thank you so much. So let's start. It's concern some question around self-expression, also self-development, and also how to express storytelling and also make clear your own desire and focus on what you want to do. In the same way, get confidence to achieve or start what you, what you want to do. And I have a question around this. Um, so how to welcome obstacle of public speaking? Oh, the obstacle of public speaking. Oh, this is a great one because, you know, as you know, I used to be the shyest person in the universe. So public speaking was something that I even the thought of it would make me want to die and hide and run away. And I think part of what got me out of being as shy as what I was in this space of public speaking was, well, perhaps a couple of things. One was starting to be more okay with who I am as a person, that I don't have the answers to everything. I'm never going to have the answers to everything. One of my greatest fears was, oh, but what if somebody asks me a question when I'm presenting and I don't know the answer? And it freaked me out so much that I was like, oh, don't even try, don't even try. So getting to grips with I don't have all the answers but I can either find stuff out or the rest of the audience is actually a massive resource that you can go to and ask them. So that's one thing. The second was practice Mm. and getting into that space of, Uh, being okay, feeling really nervous with your heart like up in your mouth, your heartbeat going about 4,000 beats a second and being okay with that, knowing that this is a normal physiological response and that also means I'm alive. I think if you don't get nervous at all, you've got to the space where perhaps you don't care so much anymore. Like I know even though with all the workshops and stuff I've done and presentations and that kind of thing, there's still a part of me when I, you know, if it's on Zoom, when I hit the button and go, oh, it's happening, or you take that first, okay, people, here we are, we're going to start, there's still a part of me that has got that nervous slash excited feeling inside. When you want to experiment something that you like, um, and you want to express this by any way because you you know it's there is something in you that you want to express. 
but you don't know how to find it. And there is some tool to help us to, to express, to find this, this way. This is, this is probably not going to be the answer that you want to hear. But the tool is getting rid of more tools. So often, what do I mean by that? Oftentimes, I kind of think about like if you imagine yourself as, I don't know, like um, a ball or a rock or something, yeah, and then over time there's all these different layers of stuff that go over the top. Hmm. expectations, beliefs, thoughts, feedback from other people, stuff that you've heard, stuff that other, you know, um, comparing yourself to other people, all these different layers and layers and layers of things that build on top of each other until we get really frightened to be who we are underneath. And that was certainly my story that I changed myself. I reshaped who I was I added layers of all kinds of complexity inside of my brain to make everything so big and so complex that I couldn't do anything because everything was big and complex and and overwhelming and hard and the biggest tool that I had um, that I that I used was removing some of those layers getting back to the essence of who I am So getting really clear about, okay, what are the beliefs? What are the things that are stopping me from taking this next step? And getting really clear on that. And then testing to see if those beliefs are real. Are they true? Are they even yours? Because a lot of the stuff that we have that we believe are beliefs that maybe came when we were kids maybe they're inherited from our parents or from our friends that we've taken on and getting to the space of, you know, I think curiosity is such a powerful thing and getting curious about yourself is the most powerful form of curiosity. So getting curious about, okay, what is it? What's the thing that's stopping me? What's the belief that I have that is telling me that I can't take this next step, whatever it is. And then really questioning it, getting really curious. Where did this come from? How long have I had this? Is this even belong to me? Then you can start deciding, okay, you know what? That belief, it, if it did, if it was something that I took on when I was younger, maybe it doesn't fit anymore because the person that we were when we were five or six or seven, when we take on a lot of beliefs is not, the same person hopefully that we are today Mm -hmm. and is it something that we can do by ourselves in my experience it's more difficult to do by yourself but Mm. not impossible i think some of the um we use the term low-hanging fruit so you know on a tree there's fruit that's up really high that's a really delicious delicious juicy stuff and then there's fruit that you can just pick and reach the other stuff you've got to get on a ladder or climb up the tree to get to the low hanging fruit that stuff that we can do some some things ourselves and investigate but the higher problems the bigger ones they're the things where you know to reach those fruit up high in the tree you need to have a ladder. You need to have like a cherry picker machine. You need to have something to help you to reach those higher levels. Yes. Um, if someone do it by himself, what would be some good way to start? Because you already structure the question on your head and you know how to process, but someone who just want to take off some few layers and just clarify some small things what would be some some step or some tips or tools that we can use to to clarify the first few layers okay again another big question right because everybody's got different layers of stuff but there is some universal kind of questions and some universal truths that i think we can start chipping away at everybody has got the ability to do that if they choose 
the path of exploring your own beliefs is frightening. 100% it is frightening because it gets you to question yourself. And we have all these different kinds of beliefs and we've created, well, I know in my case, I created a whole lifestyle and a whole persona, a whole vision of myself around making those beliefs true, even though most of them weren't true. Most of them were inherited from my parents. So as I said, like that really non-judgmental that's the hard one as well that that can be a real challenge is taking a step back from yourself Mm. and having a look at literally what is one thing that I want to do that I feel that I can't do and then having a look at where like go in a bit of depth and a bit of detail like I think the 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 one of the problems that we have is you know, we're in like um, what I call a microwave generation, right? We want everything to be bam, 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 press a button and it's fixed. Yeah. Answer one question, it's fixed. You know, press a button and your food is magically, bing, it's ready, you know. And human behaviour is a lifetime's work. So taking those initial steps but literally going one step at a time. I know I also wanted to like be at the end of the race when I had just started. And it's very, you know, it's that whole thing. You have to crawl before you can walk, before you can run, before you can do a marathon. Yeah. And taking those initial steps can build some real confidence in continuing to move forward. Mm. So how do we do that? start asking better questions of ourselves. Our beliefs and, the, and the, the stuff that we have going on inside of ourselves is based on the, the beliefs and the data that we have for ourselves. And so when we start looking at, even if we start looking at for a very simple thing, you know, what is it that we can do rather than what is it that we can't do? turning the question around asking ourselves those higher quality questions there's a lot of different ways that you can start um you know there's that saying there's a lot of ways you can skin a cat there's a lot of ways that you can start unpacking your own uh discoveries your own journeys about growing yourself as a human i'm wondering like how to improve the questions that we ask to ourselves because we can ask ourselves some question randomly but what for you help you to improve this quality of question that you ask to yourself excellent question i think the best start point is to ask the opposite question of what you would normally ask yourself okay. right like the total opposite so for me if somebody asked me pretty much anything the answer in my head was always no. And there was always 10 reasons or 20 reasons I could come up with as to why my answer would be no. No, I can't do it. No, I'm too busy. No, I'm too frightened. I would never tell anybody that, but it would be inside of me. No, 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 no. And I had excuses like by the bucket load. When I started asking myself the opposite question, what if the answer could be yes? How could I make that answer yes rather than no? I didn't even, I didn't have to do the thing. I could still say no, but I needed to explore the opposite possibility. That started opening up a whole new way of thinking. And it was literally from, I don't like having the out clause of, I don't have to say yes. I can still say no if I choose to, but Let me think about if the answer was yes, how could I make that work? As soon as you start even asking yourself the opposite of where your brain naturally goes, then very interesting things happen because when you start looking at the opposite, you can actually start finding ways that the opposite can be true. Mm. 
there are a lot of people out there who, you know, their default position is yes. You know, parents ask you to do something, even if you don't want to do it, you say yes. Bosses ask you to do something, you say yes. These are called people pleasers, yeah? And the answer is always yes, 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 yes. For them, I say do the exact opposite. You can still say yes if you choose to. It's you are the boss of you. But open yourself up to the thinking of what if I said no? What's the opposite? What what would happen if I said no? Okay. But the thing is, in this in this time, COVID time, you want to do things, but you are not in the mindset of doing something good. And so the question would be, how to get to the point that you ask yourself good question and you make action about it from a place that you are not motivated? Do you understand? Yeah, yeah, no, I totally get it. And <laughs> it comes back to like taking small steps. And if you, I mean, to, to get started on any program, any project, anything at all, like why do you want to do it? Why is it important? Because if it's not important, you're going to just Netflix, right? Just whatever. Lie in bed, do whatever. If something is important to you, you make time. You have a look in your calendar. You have a look in your bank statement, your credit card statement. That shows you what you value because what is important to you, you will make time for, you will find money for, you will create the opportunities to have. If it's important to you, you will make the time and resources available. And if not, you make excuses. Right. And that's even during COVID, right? That is, there's no difference. Like I think during COVID, all of us have unfortunately and fortunately got more time on our hands than we've ever had. And for some people, They've used it in a way that's been really productive, really useful, really used it to be able to improve themselves and spend time in nature, which is improving yourself and all of those things. And for other people, it has been a hell ride of um, emotional roller roller coasters, which it has been for all of us. But for some people, they've really shut down in this time and it's become very depressing, anxiety-ridden, stressful. And if you focus on that, you'll find it every single time. If you decide that you want something different, you will have it. Everything starts with you, everything. So how do you read of procrastination? Oh, procrastination. We love that one. <laughs> There's so many. I, I do. I love it. I love it because like, I am also known to procrastinate, right? Like 100% procrastination station is where I have lived and where I stopped many, many times. And that can be from, hey, I need to do this thing and I get stuck and I don't know what to do, so I go to my famous chocolate cupboard, right? Like that is a method of procrastination for me is going to the chocolate cupboard and starting to map out your strategies we have strategies for every single thing that we do we have a strategy for how we fold our arms for how we tie our shoes for how we brush our teeth like every single thing that we do we have a strategy for it even depends on if you put like a uh, sock shoe sock shoe or sock sock shoe shoe right different strategies everything that we do is a strategy procrastination a hundred percent a strategy we get to a point where we go okay procrastination strategy kicks in here and then there is also an exit point for procrastination for every strategy there's an exit point that may be seconds it may be minutes it may be days weeks months years decades even but we can exit a strategy at the point that we know like that we need to exit it. So getting really clear about like creating that awareness of what is my strategy? 
I know that hitting the chocolate cupboard, which is definitely a strategy of mine, will always come when I'm doing some work and I get to a spot where I go, oh, I don't know what to do next. I don't know what the next thing I want to write is. I don't know what the next thing I want to include is. And I get up and I go over to my chocolate cupboard and I have literally opened up the chocolate cupboard door and started laughing because I've realised that's my strategy, right? Your strategies happen like unconsciously. We just go bang and we're in them. Getting to that point where you start creating awareness around what you're doing rather than just being in robot land means that you can create different strategies. I had a client once and she said to me, she's a, um, uh, a doctor and in her like residency years in doctoring, so she, like in medicine, so lots of different rotations she had to go to and all kinds of different stuff and still studying and all kinds of things. And she said to me, Anita, I've got this problem when like on the weekend, on a Saturday or whatever, I, you know, and I decide that's the day I have to do my studies and do assignments and stuff. And the alarm goes off. And if I don't get out of bed straight away, then if I hit snooze, then all of like, as soon as as I'm hitting the snooze button, there's this part of my brain that goes, day is wasted. The day is wasted. Don't even bother like by hitting the snooze button once. Yeah, that was what her strategy was. If I hit snooze, it means I'm a failure. Why bother? Don't even start studying today because today's a write-off. So once she recognised that was her strategy, we went through and created a new strategy for her. So on the day that she wanted to make sure that she got up when her alarm went off, rather than having her phone by her bed where she could just hit the snooze button, we worked out where she could keep her phone so that she actually had to get out of bed. So first of all, we talked about, okay, what's the first thing that you do so that you know that you're actually out of bed? Because you know, like you can get out of bed and then you can go back to bed. (laughs) Yeah. So we had a look at, okay, what's the first thing you do? And she said, oh, look, I'll go and I'll turn the coffee machine on. And then she realised that one doesn't, isn't going to work because I can make a coffee and go back to bed. If I make a coffee, that doesn't mean I'm up. For her, she knew that she was up and out of bed officially for her when she had washed her face oh, first wow. thing in the morning, right? Wow. So what did we do? She put her phone in the bathroom right next to the, like, right next to the basin. So it was very easy for her to go turn that off. Oh, I'm already in the location of the space that signals to me I'm out of bed. Now all I have to do is turn the tap on and and wash my face. Total game changer for her just by being aware of that strategy and then tweaking it. That was all it is. We tweaked her strategy. That's all we did. And it was a total game changer for her. And so by just literally having her phone in the location where she knew that that was the step that she needed to take to be out of bed, totally changed everything. If you are somebody, you know, who brushing my teeth, that means I'm out of bed. I'm not going back once I brush my teeth in the morning. Put your phone by your toothbrush or put your phone with your toothbrush and your toothpaste, whatever it is. Make it so that you work your strategies rather than your strategies working you. Sometime in the morning, I said, okay, I have to wake up. I have to, I have to do something, but, you know, like, you <laughs> don't want to, to do. Uh-huh. <laughs> We've all had those days. <laughs> bed, like, bed is comfortable and warm and delicious and lovely, and it's very easy to stay in bed, right? So having something that you have to have something that is bigger than the deliciousness of bed. Mm. I have even done on my phone, um, and I think it's on probably every phone, you can put a label on your alarm. 
it like it tells you it gives you a message when the alarm goes mm. off it gives you a message when there has been something that um you know i'm absolutely have to get up for even if it's something that the thought of it kind of goes uh, then sometimes i will put as the alarm whatever the reward is that i'm going to get that i'm going to give to myself once i've completed that task that i don't want to do so i'm looking at focusing on the end goal especially for something that is kind of boring or an assignment or something i don't want to do especially if it's a subject that i don't like if it's a subject that you love it makes it easier right subject that you love you can do stuff all day and it's it's easier if it's a subject that you don't like or a task that you don't like putting in a reward something that is i mean not over the top right like you don't get rewards for nothing you get a reward for doing stuff and taking action reminding yourself of the reward once you have completed whatever the thing is yeah i put messages in my as in my wake up um alarms for all kinds of things i've got one that is my standard alarm that literally has got pictures of hearts different colored hearts mm-hmm. and the word love and then more hearts it reminds me when i wake up you know what put yourself in a space of love mm-hmm. put yourself in a space of love it's those like there's so many little hacks that we can do that can totally change the course of your day, your week, your month, your decade, your life. Because every day is just made up of all of these little moments. And I think some perception here is really important. 100%, 100%. Like your perception is your reality. Yeah. What you perceive to be true is true for you. It may not be true for anybody else on the entire planet, but what you perceive to be true is true for you, mm. which means that everything is made up. Everything is made up, right? We make it up. We are like the, the writers, the directors, the editors of our own life. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what we get to be. And we get to be the author, the, the editor, the director, the star, the everything in the story of our own life. That's funny. And it's what we bring me the next question. It's um, how did you structure the story of you that you wanted to share to be able to, to connect to the world? Because sometimes we, we have our own story, but we don't really know how to, to share, to be there, you know? Um, The biggest thing for me at the beginning was overthinking what other people will think. Mm. If I say something, what will other people think? If I share something, what will other people think? If I do something, what will other people think? (laughs) And it's, it's real. Like it's a real thing. It's what a lot of people get stuck in that space of. And it's real and it's fake at the same time. Because I can tell you, most people don't give a crap in the nicest possible way, right? Like most people are so busy trying to get on with their own life and worry about what other people are thinking of them to not worry about what you're doing. Which means that we actually have so much more freedom than we could possibly even imagine. So much more freedom. And people don't realise it. And I'm still learning and realizing that for myself that when you are much more authentic with who you are as a person what that also does then is gives permission for other people to be authentic that is an absolute gift that is an absolute gift when you give yourself the permission to be you you also inspire others to be themselves and to be whatever, and to say the things that they are frightened to say and to share their stories. And like storytelling is so powerful because of that, that, you know, when I've shared with people, I used to be the shyest person in the universe. They go, that's impossible. That cannot be true. Possible, impossible. 
But what it also does is put lights a little spark in other people's brains that she did it, maybe I can too. And that is powerful because that is inspiring other people. Whatever they want to do with it is up to them, but you get to be an inspiration to others. You get to help them light their own path. This is huge. Yeah. So what was the key for you to develop your storytelling? The, first, the key, I think the absolute key was the moment of epiphany that I had. You know when you have those moments and it's like a lightning mm. bolt out of the sky that just goes in your head? I believe that we have those at times all through our life. We have these moments of like, oh, my God, this is so obvious, but I've never been able to see it before. And I had one of those moments um, a number of years ago and literally it was me being shy and not putting myself out there, whatever that means, not, not being myself. I was missing out on other people, which is bad, and other people were missing out on me. Because maybe, just maybe, I have some interesting or important or different things to share, different viewpoints, different perspectives. And that hit me like a ton of bricks. I'm missing out on others and maybe other people are missing out on me. And that was the first time, I think, I think it was that second part that was a real kicker for me because I knew that I had been missing out on other people I knew that because if you're not talking to people you're missing out on them absolutely guaranteed I knew that it was the second part that really hit me between the eyes and that what you know that was that whole and and they're missing out on me and that was when I started putting into uh, when I started realizing that perhaps this idea that I have that I don't have a lot of worth is not true. Maybe, just maybe, if I've recognised that people are missing out on me, that means I must have ha- I must have some some worth, some inherent worth that other people might be missing out on me. And from that moment, once I had that absolute realization, from that moment, I could not stop my forward progress it took I mean it took a long time it was backwards forwards it was I call it the cha-cha of personal development which I think is everybody's personal development it's all a cha-cha right two steps forward one step back Mm. 10 steps forward 20 steps back it's this constant backwards and forwards sideways all over the place but that epiphany moment I think if we don't take the opportunity of those epiphany moments those real massive light bulb bam here's something for you you haven't listened to all the other stuff I'm going to make it really obvious bam on top of you that you have to do something with it and if you don't then maybe that the next epiphany moment is maybe years down the track who knows so that that was the thing that just made all the difference. And I think when those epiphany moments come, even though they are shocking, because this one shocked the absolute shit out of me, like where did this come from? Mm. Huh? What? It absolutely shocked me and it felt like home. It felt absolutely Mm. like this piece of perfection. Like I remember the words exactly. Like those words that I say, that was the exact words that came from wherever it came from. (laughs) I'm missing out on others and other people are missing out on me. Exactly word for word. I will never forget it till the day I die. That's the impact that it had because I was ready and open to something. I didn't know what it was, but I knew that something had to change. And as soon as that happened, epiphany moment. Did you do some... Did you put some effort 
or did you do something for you before having this epiphany? Um, I think, I, you know, I don't really remember because that moment is just so powerful. I don't really remember. Mm. It's almost like I don't remember what life was like before it very much. Wow. <laughs> like that's how big it was, seriously. Mm. Like I know I was incredibly shy. I know I was incredibly fearful of everything. But once that epiphany moment hit, it was like, this is a new life. Like you literally get to start your life again. So I think that there had been some desire, some something. I knew I was missing out. I knew that I was missing out on a whole lot of stuff. And I just didn't know that it, that second bit and they're missing out on me was the thing that just like opened up, exploded the yeah. doors open and went, Welcome to the world, Anita Van Ruyen. So there is no any particular things happen to do this. It's just happened naturally. I think I think you have to be open okay. to to something happening. Like that's all I can think that okay. it was. Is that you know. You know how a pressure cooker works, right? Where the pressure builds inside and builds inside and builds inside. And it's got that steam valve mm. release thing that, you know. And that's so that the whole pot doesn't go and explode, yeah? yeah? And I think what happened for me is that in a really, really good way, the pressure cooker exploded. Like I just had to be in this space of, I don't even, like, I don't know what needs to happen. I just know something has to happen. Something has to change. And whew, I'm ready for it. Whatever it is. And do you have any message for those people who are in this uh, place of, I want change, but I still don't know? Um, this place of... I think. I think there's... My message would be is that the harder you try and hold on, it's like holding a piece of coal in your hand, like hot, red hot coal in your hand, right? You, the harder you try and hold on to it, the more it's hurting you, the more and more and more it's hurting you. And the harder we try and hold on to, to those beliefs that we actually in reality know are hurting us, the belief that I had that I was shy, I knew was hurting me. I knew it was really hurting me and my happiness and my amount of joy in my life. It was like I was holding onto this piece of red hot coal saying, oh, you're burning me. Oh, oh, stop burning me. Stop burning me. But not opening up my hand and letting it fall out. And I think this whole power or obsession with doing, there's a whole lot of stuff that we have to undo and learn to be rather than do we are human beings not human doings it's so interesting even in my business the less hard I'm trying to work the less I'm like doing 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 the more successful my business is getting wow. it blows my brain yeah. right <laughs> it absolutely blows my brain that the less that i am doing 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 the more successful my business is the more i'm connecting with the being that i am and being authentic and being myself who is by the way silly and full of nonsense and smart and very silly the more of that that I bring, which is the real me, the more joy I get into my life, the more growth my business has had. It still blows my mind that this is happening. That's that's really interesting. But what do you do to be? Like what action do you make <laughs> to be? <laughs> I love, you know what? This is the question that I get every single time when I talk about be and do. What do I have to do to be? <laughs> um, you have to stop doing. Okay. Stop doing. Yeah. 
the the strategy or the, the formula that I use is one that's um, very simple, incredibly simple, because I believe in simplicity. Be plus do equals have. Who do I have to be plus what do I have to do? I have to do stuff to have what I want to have. But the being comes first. Who do I need to be plus what do I need to do? Most people, including me, my old formula used to be do plus do equals have. That was the that was the belief I had, do plus do equals have. It's the belief of our parents. It's the belief of our grandparents. It's the belief of many generations. Work hard and you'll be, you know, and you'll have a great life. I don't know, work really hard and not see your family and have a heart attack and die young, not the way I want to live my life. Do plus do formula always leads to overwhelm, burnout, stress, frustration every single time. I know this because I lived that formula for a long time and I tested it very, very, very thoroughly. Burnt out many jobs, yeah, burnt out in many jobs in many different areas of life. Once I tested this theory, this because I thought it was too silly and too stupid and like it's be, do, have eight letters in total right when I started testing that out and realizing for myself the more I get to be the less of the do 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 creating a better balance between being and doing the more of the have that I had so what do you need to do to be stop doing (laughs) You can't, you can't create balance with do and be if you are just doing, 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 doing. What do I do to be? What do I do to be? This says to me, your life formula is so out of whack. How to do not fall in the trap of who I want to be and who people want me to be. That comes from having a strong sense of self because the world is going to want to pull you in every different direction, a hundred different directions. And different people in the world are going to want to tell you to go this way, go that way, do this, be this. And you get to choose. Remember, you're the author, the director, the editor of your entire life. You get to choose whose voices and whose frequency you tune into and those that you tune out of. You get to choose who it is that you take advice or guidance from, who it is that you turn the volume way down on. That may be your immediate family. Sometimes you've got to turn the volume down of your immediate family. They are the ones oftentimes that can be the loudest critics apart from yourself. So having a, like deciding who are the right people for me to listen to advice is going to come from everywhere every single person has got advice as to what you should do and my my advice when it comes to advice (laughs) is look at who is giving the advice if the person is giving the advice has got some lived experience or has got some um some runs on the board that show that they have got they're actually rocking it in this space then proceed still proceed with caution but maybe take some of their advice if you want to get advice on what's a really great way to have a you know a lasting um, relationship with your wife don't ask the guy who's been divorced five times (laughs) he will tell you all the things what not to do (laughs) right if you want to listen to him then again flip it on its head okay if this is what you don't do, then this is what I will do. Look at who are the people that are giving you advice and what, like, what have they done? Who are they and what have they done? Mm. Are they people that I want to be giving my energy to? Your energy can just be in listening and taking their advice. That's giving your energy to somebody. Is this somebody whose frequency I want to tune into? Or is it somebody, turn it off, turn it off, turn it down. Thanks very much. Have your opinion. I'm out. Yeah. 
And what would what would be some key question that you can ask to yourself to get closer to yourself? For me, it's about connecting with what feels like the right thing. I think we get the we get um, notifications. You know, we get notifications on our phone all the time. Ding 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 ding. Mm-hmm. We get notifications in our system all the time. When we're talking to somebody, we've had those conversations with people we've met for the first time and it's like, oh, my God, I just totally clicked with them or, oh, my God, I did not like that person. I don't know why, but I didn't, not a good vibe from them. Starting to tune into your own radar. We have been told not to trust our own selves, trust our Mm. intuition and to our detriment, absolutely to our detriment, the more that you fine-tune that radar, it's like, you know, if, you, if you're old school like me, remember like when you tune into a radio with the dial and the different, mm-hmm. you know, the, as you get it like exactly right, the crystal clear sound. Any millimetre either side of that, it's crackly, it's not kind of good. Fine-tune your antenna, your radar by starting to identify and trust those feelings. You may make mistakes along the way, right? That's part of the learning process. Maybe you kind of give distance to somebody who is really helpful to you. I just think that it's worth it, even when you make mistakes, to let people be that you've got this, "Mm, not sure about them. And the sooner you do it, the better. The more frequently you start building that muscle of your own antenna, your own intuition, the more happier you can be in your life because, you're again, it's that building of I'm, my, I'm the director, I'm the author, I'm the star of my own show. I need to do the stuff that works for me. Right. So why do you do what you are doing and what is your message to the world to which make you doing what you, what you do the reason i do what i do is it's very simple it's because i know what it feels like to not understand the world around me or the world inside of me and it was hell it was awful it meant that i was kind of it felt like i was just this person sort of floating on the wind not mm-hmm. really understanding and just going with the tide, going with the flow of the air, not having any sense of self. And I wanted to be able to have other people not have that experience of life. I wanted them to have some understanding, some certainty in them and give them that through understanding and having life skills. They're called life skills for a reason and I think those life skills include who we are as a person, but they also include things like, you know, knowing how to make good decisions and knowing how to look after ourselves, knowing how to sew a button on a shirt, like all kinds of stuff, everything. And to me, that is, they're so vital skills and I've seen You know, I have friends my age that, like, you know, one girl and she still doesn't know how to cook a meal. She can't feed herself, right? And I think to myself, you know, I asked her why and she said, oh, you know, my mum used to, like, was a really terrible cook. And I said, and? Like, you're an adult. You get to write and star and direct your own movie. You can learn how to cook. Um. So, you know, that whole thing, like a life skill is taking, like learning how to take responsibility, like all of these things that to me are just absolutely vital. And I wanted for other people to have that as well. And that drives me every single day. Um, And I wanted to do it in a way that was fun, in a way that was proactive and preventative because when you build who you are as a person, it means that 
nobody can take advantage of you. It means that you become way more bulletproof to anything that's going on around you because you always can come back to home base of like home inside of you, no matter what the storm is that's going on around. And how did you realize, create and formulate this purpose in you? Like this wasn't something that I sat down and planned. This was literally, I remember I was in a, like I was doing a meditation and I said, like, why do I want to do this? Like, why am I doing this? Why do I want to be here? Why do I want to do this work? And I just, you know, that whole being we talked about, being and doing. I had been doing a lot of doing. I realized I needed to focus more on the being. So I literally sat with that question. Why am I doing what I'm doing? And the message came back because you want to help people with life skills. Like that was my own head coming back saying you want to help people with life skills. So it wasn't about getting theoretical and writing stuff out and planning and planning and planning. I am so not a planner, so not a planner. <laughs> and it was literally this just it came and as soon as that, that it was like another epiphany moment. I just want to help people with those life skills. Yeah. <laughs> Everything, every, like it did, I, I just didn't need to think anymore after yeah. that. It was like, well, yes, that's 100% what I want to do. And then it was just, okay, what happens next? Great. Um, there is more tools than you use than meditation? Meditation is probably my biggest one. That and... Like I'm a coach, I get coached. I'm a coach, I get coached. That is how valuable it is to me. Even when my business was going through a massive transformation for like with the people that I was coaching, what I was doing, because I was doing, 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 moving out of that into being, I needed somebody to help me with that transition because it was a change in myself, a change in my business, a change in everything. I am a coach. I have a coach. I will never, ever, ever be without a coach. Even when I had no money, <laughs> I still got coached. Oh. That's, how, that's how important it is. Um, I literally borrowed money from my mum and sister. Okay. Literally, right? I don't recommend it. But that's what I did. My business had like stalled. Everything had stalled. I'd burned through all of my savings. I was on the edge of going, I have to get myself another job, like, you know, a real job um, in inverted commas. And I had to borrow money, like literally to pay for my mortgage and food and bills and everything. And part of my living expenses for me is being coached. Wow. That is one of my living expenses. That well, that is as important to me as food on the table. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then yeah. very soon afterwards, very like very soon after I had borrowed the money from my mum and my sister, um, landed a big contract that meant I could pay my mum and my sister money back like almost straight away. Hmm. Yeah. But it really tested. The universe is going to test you every single time. The universe was testing me, is this really what, are you really bold enough to stand up for what you want and for what you believe? I'm going to test you with no money, no work, no nothing. Are you still, are you still, are you still? Okay, pass the test. Here's the money. Wow. Um, It's happened like that so many times. Every time when I've been on the edge of making a really a decision that has been something that has been impactful for me every time I have taken that leap over like off the cliff which feels like it's into certain death every single time I have been rewarded for taking it every single time that's crazy 
Yeah, I know. <laughs> this is why I'm saying to you, like, check your beliefs. Like, that's where we started. Check your beliefs because your beliefs is where the edge of the cliff is, right? That's where your beliefs are. You get up to the edge of this cliff, your belief is there. And it's like, am I going to accept this as truth for me or is this truth for somebody else? And if it's truth for somebody else, take the dive. Like, take the dive. The first hundred times you take the dive, it feels scary. Hmm. And then it doesn't feel so scary anymore. And then it feels scary again. And then it doesn't. And then it's just you start realizing that the more the more truthful I am with myself, the beliefs that serve me, the beliefs that are truly mine and not other people's that I've taken on or have inherited, that's where the gold is. That's where you can like take a running dive at this cliff that feels like it's, you know, hundreds of metres down to a certain death. Take a leap off that cliff. Metaphorical people, not real cliff. Take a leap off that cliff for that for your belief and fly. Mm. The first few metres, you're going to fall 100%. You're going to fall and it's going to feel like you're going to certain death. And then your wings grow or a parachute opens up or something and it allows you to have more freedom. And this is in the end what it's all about is having more freedom. Yeah. I can imagine the picture is just amazing. (laughs) I know. I can see you imagining it. (laughs) Yeah. And that's. Like those have been, like that's those moments where, you know, I haven't been doing stuff. Like those moments have happened in meditation for me where, you know, from the outside it looks like I'm sitting in a chair with my eyes closed with headphones in, right? That's what it looks like. But on the inside, busting down walls all over the place, jumping off cliffs, growing wings, finding parachutes, whatever it is, landing Mm. on a cloud. It doesn't even (laughs) matter. However it is that you land, you're going to land on something. That's true. And leave behind something that was never yours in the first place. That's real. Can I ask you, in which period of your life you start to be coached? You, You get coached? When was that? That would have been, um, I started, I started training as a coach, I think seven or eight years ago. (laughs) And through that, you had, we had some coaching. Yeah. Like you were as coaching training, you had to do some coaching Mm -hmm. and that was helpful sort of, it was helpful, right? It was some of the low-hanging fruit, you know, some of the low-hanging fruit. And then I stopped getting coached because I couldn't find who I really connected with. So I stopped getting coached for a while. And then, again, the universe presented to me a person that um, was my, that is now my coach And that was, I think we've been working together now three or four years. And people kind of say to me, like, you get coached all the time. Aren't you, like, do you ever run out of stuff? Or, like, how much longer are you going to get coached for? Or, like, what's going on? You're spending all this money. And it's like, this is not, I don't even consider it. As I said, I don't even consider it as a spend. This is an investment in myself. This is part of my life costs. Mm. I can choose to go out, dinner or drink or whatever. And instead I choose to build myself. Regularly it was, as I said, like three or four years ago, that was when I started in like some really kind of higher quality coaching and in my life then I was, I was, had my business in coaching, um, but I wasn't happy 
in it. Mm. I was like, I loved, I love coaching. I love helping people, but I was in, I was coaching the wrong people. They weren't a match for me. Yeah. And I knew that something wasn't like, I knew something just didn't feel right. I was pushing, like my business was a push, 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 push all the time. And, you know, you hear all the time on bloody social media and stuff about you got to hustle, you got to hustle, you got to hustle. And I thought that push, 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 push was what you were supposed to do in business. Mm. But I also knew that I was exhausted and it felt really yucky. It felt like used car salesman yucky. And I didn't know why and I didn't know what to do about it because I had invested a lot of time and money and energy in the client base that I was working with, but I still wasn't loving what I was doing. I was putting on the best fake, I love this work, but I wasn't loving it. And it was really hard work, like really hard. Push, 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 push. And um, the example is that, I mean, I was working with dancers and performers, right? And what I realised was that for the most part, dancers and performers, as long as they looked shiny on the outside, for the three minutes that they were performing on stage, it didn't matter that the rest of their life was falling apart. And I knew that their lives were falling apart, but they wanted just to look shiny on the outside for three minutes. And that doesn't fit with with what Mm -hmm. is authentically me. So the business, the, the people that I was working with did not match with me. And the people that I was working, they can have that. Like you can be shiny for three minutes and that's cool and, and do you. Like that's fantastic. It didn't connect with me. My business was no longer in this space that felt like I was making a real genuine impact and that's what I wanted. I, I wanted to have that, that I knew I was making a, a, a real genuine impact in an authentic way and it wasn't. And it was so disappointing when I realised it was another one of those oh, shit moments where you go, oh, I've put in this time, this energy, this money, I've done less work and mm. planning and da 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 only to go, yeah, okay. I can either continue to chase after my losses like a gambler, you know, I can continue to chase after hoping and hoping and hoping or that's when I stopped. It's hard. It was really hard. And it was the only time, like it's the only time that my business, that my coach and I have really spoken about my business. The rest of like, we never talk about my business almost ever. Um, that was the only time really where I said, look, there's something that's just, just it's so hard. It's so hard. And she was like, Anita, if you're doing something that fills your soul that makes you excited and inspired, it is not hard. Those things just flow like they just like it's just it flows. When you're in the right space, working with the right people, and the energy is in that right space, things just flow. That's true. So, you know, it's that whole thing of like listening to yourself. Mm listening to your intuition, I was not in that space of flow. Things weren't flowing. It was push, 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 push all the time. And that's yucky. So that was when, like, it was before I got to that, oh, this is why it is. I knew that I wasn't feeling the way that I wanted to. Mm. I knew that I was feeling yucky. I didn't even, I didn't even know what the right word was. It was just, I felt yucky and icky and sort of dirty almost and that was when I started totally transformed everything yes and I'm curious because in Europe I don't think the coaching is something well installed but here it is and when when did you start to get advice from someone else I got advice from people like since ever I mean I think I'm human in that regard but um 
in coaching that was um let me have a think I'm just about 50 so eight seven eight years ago so 42 I started coaching wow yeah that's amazing how the transition can be at any age you know like it's still a, like a, some belief we have and um, yeah like I train like I think especially young people forget that you know, most people are going to have five or six different careers at least mm -hmm. in their life. Mm -hmm. And there's this belief that, well, you know, I go to uni and I study this thing, so I'm going to be that thing and that's the thing I'm going to be for the rest of my life. I know one person in my entire friend circle that studied a particular thing and is doing that job now and she's 50, right? She hates her job. Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> and even now at 50 years old, she is still the author, the director and the, the star in her own movie. It's even at 50, it's not too old for her to change careers. She's still got 15 years at least, probably 20 years at least more of work to go. Can you imagine 20 more years of waking up every day thinking I bloody hate this job? Oh. like or you can take time however many years it is to retrain into something that inspires you and start down that path or 20 years of oh my god i hate my job true. <laughs> people have this concept about about age and about you know i'm too old to do this that or whatever and it's all i call total bullshit on it Yes. Total bullshit on it. Thanks so much for, for being here today. And um, I hope seeing you soon for another episode. Fantastic. Thank you. It has been very, very fun. Thank you so much for listening and see you in the next episode.